Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates, an online investigative show where I'll be covering conspiracy theories, hidden history, true crime, and other current events. Tonight on the show, we have a very special guest. Her name is Camille Blinstrub, and she has some very interesting information. She is a has been a researcher for decades, and she covered some very interesting topics having to do with um, a group of followers of supposed Christians that, that were founded in Chicago and were named the Jesus Society USA. Camille Blindstrom, tell me about your book. My book is called Cornerstone and Friends, which is a book about Jesus People USA in Chicago. Okay, Jesus People in Chicago, thank you. And um, kind of its connections to all these different uh, element, uh, individuals who uh, may be familiar to you, definitely familiar to me in my research on mm -hmm. West Memphis 3. I've come across these things. But uh, Camille, welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, Great. Thank you. So if you can just uh, give us a little background. I, I suspect many of the listeners have not heard of your name or your book or your research. So if you could please go in detail about your background, I'd appreciate it. Well, thank you very much for your work. Um, I, uh, I I think very highly of your work, uh, your book on Crowley, and uh, I use the American uh, pronunciation. No problem. And uh, uh, I I was uh, explaining to you um, when we became friends on Facebook that I was going to run out and buy your uh, book on the West Memphis Three as they've been dubbed by uh, satanic sympathizers, I call them now, um, because I had just read uh, Professor Ross Chiat's book called The Witch Hunt Narrative. Right. And it so convinced me that the whole satanic panic thing of the 90s uh, was, was really false, and it made me want to buy your book. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Did you come across my book, like, researching... Uh, Mr. Chait's book, or how did you come across it on Amazon? On Amazon, because I was I was looking for uh, books on Crowley. I bought your book on Crowley, and I wanted very much to buy your your West Memphis book. And I read all the reviews, and uh, of course, I had a budget. And uh, and and frankly, I have to admit, to a certain degree, as much as I know about Satanism, and as much as I know about the deniers of Satanism, I still must have bought into some of their stuff because I I decided against buying your book. Interesting. Um, well, there was, mm -hmm. I mean, I've been basically trolled, gang-stalked on Amazon, uh, mm -hmm. and they've criticized my book in every way, shape, or form. Granted, I wasn't a perfect, I'm a self-published author, so, mm -hmm. you know, there are some typos and some things, but I don't think the, the actual research that I put into the book has ever been questioned. And a lot of people... Just right. write very specious, uh, deceptive statements like, oh, there's no proof in the book that there's any Satanism when it's almost on every page. Like that's basically the entire concern of the book. The devil worship is in the title. So it's it's silly to do it. But I think that it's had an effect. I've seen these people, you know, I think, uh, unfortunately, if you don't know the background of my experience mm -hmm. with the West Memphis Three, you might actually take what they say at face value. But uh, so, unfortunately, I have a very a serious problem with Amazon's uh, recording or, uh, you know, point system, their five-point system, because almost anybody mm -hmm. can get on there and just have an agenda and gang stalk you like I've, I've had. So, you know, it's unfortunate. 
Well, actually, uh, the reviews were, were so complimentary, the ones that I read. That's, that wasn't exactly my point. My point was um, uh, Amazon made me want to buy your book. Uh, it was just the budget. But I realized uh, after reading Ross Chiat's book that I had been brainwashed. As much as I know, having written my own book about the naysayers, the right. people that say Satanism and pedophilia is not a problem, I had still been influenced by them. And, you know, it was a budgetary thing, as I said. But uh, it just shocks me. Uh, his book, uh, which came out in, I think, 2014, right. it just, he drove the nail, every nail into the coffin of these people. They okay. are the biggest bunch of liars. I cannot believe what they have done. Can you provide a synopsis and what you learned from Ross Cheat's book? He was a, just a little background on mm-hmm. Mr. Cheat, is that he is actually a very respectable scholar in... Uh, institutions. I believe he has a law degree from Berkeley, mm-hmm. and he teaches at Brown on a v- wide variety of subjects. I tried to get in contact with him to discuss the book. He never, unfortunately, returned my calls, but I really wanted to talk about it. So if you could provide a synopsis mm-hmm. on what the book's thesis is and what his conclusions are, that would be great. Well, I, I probably should back up briefly and say that I wrote a book with this, basically the same idea as his, what which was, the was title of to, that again? my book was called Cornerstone and Friends, mm-hmm. and I wrote it in 1991, 92. It was not published, but the point was that I was, I was pursuing a bunch of naysayers, or I would call them sympathizers of pedophile, pedophilia, sympathizers of of Satanism. People that are always bandying about, saying that there's a satanic panic, right. and I track down all these people in 92 in the Christian circles that I was in. Can you name some names? Sure. Um, the biggest one would be Debbie Nathan, who's a, a, a writer, mm-hmm. um, and Ross Chiat exposes her, too. Interesting. Uh, I also wrote about um, Ralph Underwager, who's notorious. Uh, he was. He's dead, thank God. Uh, notorious defender of pedophiles he in court. He popped up in the McMartin case, right? I I don't think I so. I'm not sure, hmm. but he's he's very famous because he eventually uh, blew his own cover and, and was interviewed in a in a Dutch uh, pedophile magazine called Padika, saying that uh, pedophilia may be God's will for you. So this article that he was this interview was just outrageous, and he lost a lot of respect after that. But the damage was done. So. Uh, it was Debbie Nathan, Ken Lanning, you know about him. No, Ken Lanning. Ken Lanning, um, just to let the audience know, Ken Lanning popped up in the um, West Memphis 3 case. They, they referenced Ken Lanning's report, the so-called highly touted Ken Lanning report that claims that there actually is no satanic or cult-influenced crimes, which is a total joke. Sorry. Right, right. Well, anyway, I, I wrote this book in 92, and it was mostly dealing with Christian magazines that were telling people not to worry about Satanism, that it was an overblown problem, mm-hmm. etc. And then um, he wrote this book in 2014, and he he didn't mention the he mentioned some of the same people, but he he mentioned a whole bunch of new people uh, like uh, Dorothy Rabinowitz, um, Debbie Nathan, etc. Jeffrey Victor, 
And, but the point was he, he had the luxury, uh, well, he had more skill than me as well, but he had time, he had decades to, to re, you know, time had passed. And he was able to prove all the things that I was trying to prove, but much more successfully. And that that is why I contacted you. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure Ralph Underweger popped up in McMartin, but we'll get to that later. So, okay. you wrote the book um, about the Cornerstone. So, can you talk a little bit about Cornerstone and yes. their friends? Sure. Um, I am 65 years old. Um, I was one of the ringleaders of the counterculture uh, due to the fact that my parents were in the music business. Mm -hmm. I lived in England during Beatlemania, uh, before Beatlemania even peaked in England. So the early 60s. Uh, yes. My father, my stepfather worked for Capitol Records, um, which meant that he met the Beatles. Mm -hmm. um, so I was right on the front line of the rock thing. Um, so I was, I was uh, one of the first hippies in the United States. And then... Um, by the time I was 17, 18, 19, I got straight and became a Christian. Mm -hmm. And I saw the problems inherent in the hippie movement, which that's a whole other topic of interest. And I know you know a lot about that, um, like the Laurel Canyon thing and all that. Um, so uh, there, were, there were Jesus freaks in those days. And um, there was the children of God who has been proven with beyond a shadow of a doubt that they were into pedophile pedophilia right and that was um, a guy's name was berg B -E -R -G. correct david berg yeah. right and that was um, like uh, river phoenix joaquin phoenix came out of them and they definitely had ton i mean pedophilia was part of the entire group um as long yes. as well as all kinds of uh, sexual perversions they had this thing where they would bring in new converts through flirty fishing which was the women would kind of attract them and that was how they went on but the, I don't think that they, the totality of their perversity was realized until uh, more recently But uh, yes there's a book called Jesus Freaks and I, I forget the author's name uh, but one of, the, one of the kids from one of the, the high ranking little um, princes the, the, the heir apparent uh, of, of of the children of God, uh, he he actually killed one of the, uh, yeah. I've got he, I think he right killed here. his mother and something else, right? He killed his nanny. Yeah. He, he was abused by many women, mm -hmm. and he 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 went after them, and he killed one, and then he killed himself. And so it's Don Latin, L A T T I N. Mm -hmm. So in the early in the early counterculture thing, there was the there was um, the children of God. And they are linked with Jesus People USA, which was uh, Chicago-based. And even the Manson family can really be tied. These people can be loosely tied together, but there are tighter connections, actually, between Children of God and Jesus People USA. But it wouldn't matter anyway, because Jesus People USA uh, has now been... Um, Disbanded? Uh, ...charged with... Uh, child sexual abuse of members and there's a big case going on with that. Is it current? Um, is it a current case? Uh, there's a movie out uh, by one of the kids that was raised in that group. It's called No Place to Call Home. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, his name is J.M. Pratter, um, Jamie Pratter. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on with the case. Gotcha. And can you go in detail about the um, the Cornerstone and the, the Jesus people that you were talking about? Can you talk mm-hmm. about how they were, um, what their, uh, where they started, and how that how they grew and how big they got? Sure. Okay. Um, they started in California. They have California tie-ins, but they this particular group started in Milwaukee. Their first leader was named John Heron, Sr. He was kicked out for uh, sexual immorality. His wife, Dawn Heron, um, I did an interview with her. I I knew her, not him. Um, I seem to remember from my interview with her that that her parents owned or worked in an orphanage, which gives me pause, considering what followed. Um, And this is Milwaukee again? Yeah, Milwaukee, and then they moved to Chicago in about 19... I began to see them on the streets of Chicago around 1971. And how would they recruit? Would they recruit on the street? Yes. Gotcha. And and there there were many really uh, sincere people. Which is how they how how these cults operate. Yeah, the most, the I almost joined them. Yeah. Um, my first husband was a member. He lived with them. They had a commune. Mm-hmm. Uh, they started off, you know, with a school bus, just like Charlie Manson. And uh, I'm not saying, you know, but it, there are similarities. Right. Uh, they started off with school bus, maybe 50 people. They moved into a church basement um, in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And uh, they grew, and they got politically um, connected. Um, the the people that, if you joined them, you lived with them. Mm-hmm. The food was bad. the the um, The lodging was bad, uh, but they they were considered the green berets of Christianity. Interesting. And how? What, so that was what was their differentiation, or what was the selling point of the leaders to new proselytes or converts? Oh, that well. First of all, Jesus, because you know a lot of us really, really wanted out of the drugs and the uh, you know Altamont things mm-hmm. like that. We right. knew that was not going well, right? Right. Um, so it was you know it was it was uh, a genuine um, desire for a lot of us that um, really wanted to uh, turn away from the drug world and and serve God and 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 do something with our lives. And so so they, they were politically active. Did that mean like kind of like Jim Jones, like relationships with mayors and Oh yes, absolutely. Let me just add one thing though. We all have a pride factor, at least I think I do. Um I think people can be uh drawn by uh, there was a thing of if you join us you're gonna be a you're gonna be a green beret for Christ. You're mm-hmm. gonna be you're not just gonna be the average pew warmer, you're gonna be something special and also the other drawing thing was that you could keep your long hair and and a lot of your culture they had christian they they were part of the original christian rock movement interesting and what what kind of bands were they associated with or what type of music um they actually i helped uh i i helped promote their original band res band resurrection band mm-hmm. um and uh they started off um and became very, very popular in the 80s and 90s. And even now, some of I think there's one guy still playing. Interesting. 
And uh, so the the group was, did it ever get bigger than 50 people? or? Oh, yes, it got huge. I don't know how many people actually lived with them. I would guess maybe up to 1,000. Mm. But then they they had a they had a um, a magazine called Cornerstone, which was of course a takeoff of Rolling Stone, and it started off as a, you know like a little um, underground magazine, and it grew and grew and grew, and it became as large, uh, you know, as big as the Rolling Stone in, in size. It was a large, beautiful magazine. How many how many people was it distributed to? A lot. It was the major. It was the major Christian um, young people magazine. Interesting. Plus, they had a festival called Cornerstone Festival, so they became very hugely, hugely powerful. And this is how they raised money too. I mean, how how did they mm-hmm. how did they their financial situation? How did they bolster that? Well, um, the Chicago Tribune eventually. Uh, outed them in 2000 uh there was a lot of us you know trying to expose them mm. but they were they were uh exposed in the tribune for taking total advantage of their workers the workers had no workman's comp there were injuries there was even a death i believe i i can't remember exactly uh many people left the the Jesus People USA uh they they formed their own group called the ex Jesus People so there's like a torture um, group Mm-hmm. Well, can yeah, you, to support themselves, yeah. Right. I mean, to Can you go back them. to your relationship? I mean, you basically were a member of that church, is that correct? Or were you just a kind no, of... I, okay. I, You're just your no, excellent. by the grace of God, I, 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 I didn't join. But my first husband lived with them before gotcha. we married. Now, he is dead. Gotcha. And I, I think there's a correlation there because uh, it was such a bad experience. Most of my friends that have been... Members of Jesus people are in bad shape today if they're alive. And what? Uh, how did the kind of abuse and how did the group fall apart? Well, they practiced a thing in the 70s called the shepherding. Uh, it was part of the shepherding movement, which was that you had to get permission to um, get married. You had to get permission to go out. You couldn't buy anything. You were you had a buddy system. Um, it, this is similar to the Unification Church and other right. cults. Yeah, that's true. So was um, this all kind of managed by at the top from Don Heron or the Heron? Family? Yes, okay, yes, so. it was the Heron family, and gotcha. that's been that's they've been criticized by many many people besides myself for right. that factor. Gotcha. And so so they tried to maintain total control. And did did they have mass weddings like the uh, Moonies? No, okay. but they did marry people off pretty quickly, and a lot of there's a lot of complaints about that. And there was adult spanking. Can you uh, talk about in other that? words, I'm sorry. Well, tell me about that. Well, if if um, if they if the council, which was Herons and their spouses or close buddies, uh, they would uh, bring you in, and if you had done something wrong, like stolen or lied or eaten a candy bar without permission, uh, they would um, give you a spanking um, with a, they called it getting the rod. It was, you would get spanked with a um In, a front, of it, in front of everybody? Yeah, it wasn't naked, um, but, Sounds and like it, a frat, I mean, nobody... Sounds like a ritual or something? Well, it was something people submitted to willingly. I mean, um, it wasn't sexual, uh, but it was certainly um 
you know, did, did the group of kind of practice try to like restrict calories so that people were more pliable? Is that kind of what you're le- telling me? Well, I, 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 I'm sure they had good food if they could get it. I, I, that's a good point, maybe. Um, yeah, but certainly another, they were all broke. Certainly right. they didn't eat well. So there's, there's a lot of poverty, less interesting. Mm-hmm. And so the group no longer exists to this day, correct? It does exist. It does exist. Uh, with all the people that have tried to uh, out them and bust them, um, they're still operating, but they're a skeleton of what they were. Gotcha. The magazine is gone. Uh, the festival is gone. Gotcha. And, do you think and they, they reached their some peak? of them should be in jail. Right. I don't. I don't think anyone's gone to jail, but they. They. Most of us think they should have gone to jail. When, when do you think the group really peaked in kind of popularity and uh, members? Well, um, you know, politically, they still have their property. They have a lot of property, uh, but in terms of popularity, I would say. Um, Pre two thousand. Interesting. Gotcha. So they were still active in the mid eighties and early nineties and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And uh, what talk about the abuse? I mean the 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 documentary, which I was unable to get through the mm-hmm. the entire thing. Can you restate the title of it again? Well, it's called No Place to Call Home. And then, so the, was the abuse just an element of the entire group? That was something that was happening often. Apparently, now this is interesting. I did all my investigation and my interviews in in ninety ninety one ninety two, and I did hear some rumors about sexual abuse, but I didn't include it in my book. Um, I was mostly concerned about emotional abuse, and then the next thing that happened on the timeline was of. of a famous Christian author named Professor Ron Enroth wrote a book called Churches That Abuse, and he included an entire chapter about the Jesus People USA. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, but this, since then, in in the last I would say five years, one of the to me kids, the Jesus People kids, uh, did his own movie because mm-hmm. he was molested there, right. and and he interviewed a lot of. Uh, young people that had been molested. Yeah, it seems like it was endemic from the the documentary. Apparently, yeah. A bunch worse than I had any idea, yeah. And they had, they were tied to other kind of groups, you said, is that right? Well, there's connections between the uh, Jesus People USA and Children of God. Um, they Somebody needs to, to nail that down better than, than I've been able to do, but... Um, you know, there, Can you talk about connections. those connections? What what are the connections? Well, some of the same leadership. It hasn't been it hasn't been confirmed. Gotcha. Um, Interesting. Interesting. And uh, you know, tell me more about your research when you were doing writing your book that wasn't published. You kind of came across other kind of characters other than the Underwaggers or Debbie Nathan. Isn't that correct? Well, let me explain. Let me explain why I wrote the book. Um, in in um, I was going to say in Christian circles we have this thing called doing apologetics, and I guess you could say I was I I had an apologetics ministry, which means that we studied sort of comparative religions, okay. and uh, we we can tell you the difference between the Jehovah Witnesses and the Unification Church. Okay, fine. Right. Well, um, what in in that in that line of 
work, uh, I did notice that I never liked the Jesus people after what they did to my first husband, nor my current husband, who also joined them briefly, nor my other friends. I, I did not like them, did not approve of them, but that was about all I knew. I didn't like the direction they were going. They turned from uh, rock, classic rock music into punk rock, and, and they were just going in a bad direction doctrinally in every way. But that was about all I knew about them. I wouldn't have classified them as a cult. I would have classified, not doctrinally, I would have classified them behaviorally as a cult. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. um, but here's what happened was they began to attack ministries that I approved of and ministries that I liked. For example, they attacked uh, Mike Warnke, who was a Christian comedian, mm -hmm. And uh, he had been a Satanist, and he wrote a book that came out in the late 70s called The Satan Seller. And it was a good book, and it warned people about the occult. And everyone admired him and liked him and liked the book. Mm -hmm. They attacked him and the book and said he was a fraud. Um, and then they attacked... And they did that in the Cornerstone, right? In the magazine, yes, in the Church Jesus... Yes. Jesus People magazine was cornerstone. Right. So I got you. Okay. But there's, I, I have done a timeline of um, attacks on ex-Satanists, you would say. Uh, and um, really the, uh, did you ever hear of John Todd? Most conspiracy yes, uh -huh. people, okay. Very much. Well, I he think was a lot a, of the, oh, this audience probably knows of the name. John okay, Todd yet? was a supposedly from a Illuminati or high-level witch family, right? He left the recording, gotcha. Right, right. I'm glad you... No, I'm, I'm, yeah. Well, they attacked him first, actually. That's, you know, and and then they attacked Warnke, and then they attacked uh, Warren Stratford, who wrote uh, Satan's Underground, which was a big best-selling book in the Christian community. I don't know when Satan's it came out, I'd say... Yeah, Satan's Underground. It probably came out around 85. Um, they attacked everyone, not everyone, but all the, all the, many of the better ministries that were trying to warn people about sexual uh, abuse of children via ritualistic, you know, etc. Gotcha. And that made me wonder, what is going on over there? So that's what made me investigate them. So they were investigating people you felt were credible, providing credible testimony of Satanism. Exactly, and nobody can vouch for... for I, I mean, I'm sure they're... Uh, I, I don't know what to think about Mike Warnke, um, even though I talked to him on the phone, and um, I, I knew Warren Stratford very well uh -huh. uh, by phone, extremely well. Uh, I still don't know what to think. Um, it's It's hard to prove your own credentials if it, you know i could prove mine but i'm an unusual case most people don't um you know it's it's not that easy to prove things gotcha. but they had unlimited money to go after these people and now i see that i uh, let me give you an example there's a book jesus people usa claimed to be christian but they began to use a lot of very questionable people to reference their attacks on other Christian ministries. 
So there was a book called Satanism in America, and it was written by Sean Carlson and Gerald LaRue. And it was called um, How the Devil Got Much More Than His Due. This is a book that came out in 1989, um, and they made it it's very simplistic here. They accused any, anyone who believed in conspiracy theories or Satanism of being, one, insane, two, extremist Christian, uh, three, after money, or four, trying to overcome their guilt. So there was a complete ad hominem attack on anyone that uh, thought Satanism was a problem. Okay, so then they have a list of experts, according to themselves. Now, this is a pro-Satanist, pro-sympathizing the devil uh, uh, list of experts. So they have... Uh, uh, they have Kenneth Lanning. I'm going to read ones that I think you know. I know um, Jay Gordon Melton, who's a very interesting uh, vampire-loving, uh, supposedly Lutheran minister. Uh, they don't have Underwager on here, but he would be in there. Interesting. Uh, they have their list of experts, which most of these you wouldn't recognize. Uh, then they have the list of non-experts, in other words, people that you should not listen to because they're idiots. Gotcha. And they have uh, many of my favorite uh, ministries on here, including John Todd. Uh, they don't have Mike Warnke. They've got Johanna Michelson, who's got excellent uh, credentials, credentials and references. Yeah. Do you know who she is? Yeah, uh -huh. she's still around. Okay. Yeah. She wrote The Beautiful Side of Evil. Right, they yeah. really can't mm -hmm. touch her. Right. They've got Tex Mars on here. Yeah. Uh, Josh McDowell, who's a, a an apologist, a best-selling author. Actually, he finally came out and said that he had been a victim of pedophilia himself. So they're just trashing this list of 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 uh, people that were coming out of Satanism. Um, right. and the Ted Gunderson. Yeah. Yeah. Ted yeah. Gunderson. They should yeah. say he's a non-expert. You know, so like that. Gunderson was around. I mean, he people have made said some things about his questionable character, but he definitely made public statements, and he was in the mix. I mean, with Martin and mm -hmm. all those other things. Hi, this is William Ramsey. just wanted to let people know that all my books are available signed at my website at www.occultinvestigations.com. This interview will be posted on my YouTube channel at William Ramsey Investigates, and I also have other videos there pertaining to the West Memphis 3 case, as well as videos about Aleister Crowley and his modern followers. So let's return to the show with Camille Blindstrub. Thank you. Hi, this is William Ramsey. We're back. Uh, me and Camille took a tiny little break. So uh, we both have our water refreshed. So Camille, we were talking mm -hmm. about kind of the bunch of people who you considered legitimate um, researchers who had been um, persecuted by the Jesus People book or uh, magazine Cornerstone. Mm -hmm. And we were just kind of talking about that. But you happen to have some information about Constance Cumbie. She she wrote the book, uh, The Dangers of the Rainbow, is that correct? Or something about the rainbow. Does that sound right? Yeah, I think it's uh, The Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow. It's hidden. been Hidden Dangers of the New Age. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, and um, she is a lawyer. Uh, and uh, she was one of the first people to start questioning the Jesus people. Mm -hmm. uh, when I began to do my research... Uh, in 1991, I believe, the fall, mm -hmm. um, a lot of people began feeding me information, like um, just grassroots people. It happens to me uh, all they, the time. I get all kinds yes. of stuff 
Paul. Some is right. good and some isn't. But I've gotten some superb information from people. I have no idea how they got my name, where they came from. But yeah, sorry. No, exactly. And uh, uh, I was saying, um, if one thing I learned from dealing with Cornerstone, it was a David, David and Goliath thing for me because they were at their peak and I was a nobody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and still am, actually. Um, but uh, I learned uh, to make sure to get my facts straight. Uh, I don't know if I did. I don't think I did as well as Ross Chiat, but I, I learned that. And so I was very careful. But I was warned. And, and uh, she was one of the people that warned uh, against the Jesus people. She was stalked by them, not sexually. She was stalked when she began to criticize them which they were known for their brutality, uh, if, if, um, their competitiveness amongst mm-hmm. other apologetics ministries. That's how they, I guess that's how they got big. But there's money. There must be money that was poured into them. Do you uh, think my, that they got money from nonprofits or some kind of grants or to survive? Or how, how do you think that they made their income? Did they recruit rich members? Not so much. Uh, they they made money. It's disgusting what they did. They made money off of poor people who went out and did drywalling and wood stripping and painting for them. And they they lived in poverty. And then the the upper in roofing, they the upper people lived lived better. And uh, but it I I think I suspect them as uh, I I have to wonder if if. If they're not uh, infiltrated part of the, you know, CIA, or I don't know. You know, you never I know. Do some know. of those groups do. I mean, if you look through Jim Jones and mm-hmm. some of these other people, there's an intelligence background, or there's somebody who's there who's kind of behind the scenes helping them out. It's and I'll uh, run Hubbard in Scientology. The intelligence ties are, if you do the research, uh, it's there. So I wouldn't be surprised at all. It's hard to pin down. I mean, none of those people will ever discuss their. Uh, intelligence background, but what kind of uh, what kind of abuse did they hurl at Constance Gumby? Well, they stalked her. Like, like for example, um, if she was going to speak somewhere, they would go in to the venue ahead of time and put uh, pamphlets on all the the folding chairs saying that she was a liar or that criticizing her in some fashion. Uh, that's that's what I I was told uh, by her ministry. Um, and uh, she was, I wouldn't say she was afraid of them, but uh, everyone, all the people that gave me good info about Cornerstone and Jesus People USA, many people were afraid of them. Interesting. And uh, so what, uh, what, what happened as far as the Jesus people and their antagonists? I mean, did they have a lot of competition with other churches in the Chicago area? Did they have tendrils that that spread out from the midwest or were they strictly a chicago group that's a good question the, as far as the commune the the brick and mortar they were chicago mm-hmm. uh their influence was huge through through um contemporary christian music and through their magazine they were the number one they were the rolling stone of christian young youth as i said uh but here's something interesting now um, I know that you're you're following your readership or whatever. Uh, they're they're aware of the you know Masons as being a problem. Absolutely. Well, um, we have to back up in Christian history here a little bit, and and of course you could find problems with the church all the way back. Uh, you could find problems with the 
with the Catholics, and there were Jesuits involved in the early Jesus people. My 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 present husband, who also was with Jesus people, saw them introduce Jesuits to speak. Um, but if you study the the new evangelicals, there was a break in the in the in the American church in the 30s. Uh, it was the fundamentalists went one direction and the modernists went another direction. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there was another group called the New Evangelicals, and that's Christianity Today, and that's Billy Graham. Mm-hmm. And Billy Graham, uh, there are many videos exposing him as being apostate and possibly having connections to Masonry, Masonry and, yeah. the, and the Pope, etc. So, well, I mean, I've heard that um, he's a 33rd degree Mason. Yeah. Um, Which isn't hard to believe. Just just looking at it, black and white, what prints out, um, he he does not stay faithful to the to the uh, to the fundamentals of the Bible. Uh, he's ecumenical. Um, there's a lot of problems with him. But I'm trying to say that before the Jesus people, you know, before the hippie movement, mm-hmm. I believe that the church was infiltrated in the earlier in the 40s, 30s. And, uh, you know, Christianity Today promoted Jesus People USA. Interesting. Uh, Jesus People USA was promoted by the, the, the big boys of the church. Uh-huh. Uh, they were promoted by Hank Hanegraaff at uh, Christian Research Institute. These mm-hmm. are huge, mainline uh, Christian ministries. Gotcha. And w- would the Jesus People USA consider themselves non-denominational? Or how yes. would they, de- they would say non-denominational... Right. Evangelist, or how would they define themselves? Well, they started off um, being, um, it's a very, I think it came out of a think tank myself. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I just, in hindsight, uh, I just think they're uh, something well, that... What's the background of the Herons? Were they, did they just pop up out of nowhere, or were they in government, or um, what was their kind of, uh, how did they get involved in, in starting Jesus People? Well, uh, the the you know, unfortunately, the Church of Jesus Christ uh, is riddled with uh, with phonies mm-hmm. and uh, con men. This is a fact, you know. And uh, John Heron was a womanizer. He was. Uh, that's according to their own history. Interesting. I mean, that's not me making that up. That's what they say. Dawn Heron, as I said, I interviewed her. Um, you know, a lot of people. Uh, find fault with her and think that she was a dominatrix over there. Uh, they had nepotism in the family, etc. Uh, she did, if I recall, her family had been in the orphanage business. I don't know how these people uh, get chosen to do these things, but I did, think the whole thing is they, highly questionable. Did they have any type of training or um, religious or theological training from a... a uh, college or anything? That's a good question. In the beginning, no, it was everything was um, just counterculture. You had Bible, Bible lessons, Bible, you know, lots of church, and uh, it, you know, it was training. You, you, you know, people would join the ministry and live with them in order to be trained. And and I must say, my first husband was a really, uh, he really was excellent at. Uh, preaching and witnessing. Mm-hmm. Um, but as time went by, as they 
apparently wanted to become more powerful in a secular fashion. Uh, they became politically connected, and they also joined the Covenant uh, denomination. Interesting. Um, what's the Covenant denomination? What was that? What's that about? Well, that's a that's a mainline. Uh, I think they may be Swedish. Uh, but they had a lot of money, and actually some of the people that came to me and were concerned about the Jesus people were were uh, grassroots uh, covenant church people that didn't didn't like the looks of these hippies, not because they had long hair, but because they suspected that there was something, you know, amiss. Interesting. And the politicians, did they, like, kind of... Uh solicit the Daly family, or are there any names uh, that, that people would recognize from Chicago? Um, a, a famous alder woman uh, from Chicago that I can't remember. Uh, I'm Jesus People USA, uh, I think it's uh, Alderman Schiller, um, Helen Schiller. It's been many decades since I studied these people, mm -hmm. um, but Trust me, they they are very powerful in uptown Chicago, which is a regentrified part of Chicago. Gotcha. They so must it's uptown still be from quite downtown, wealthy. correct? Uptown. Gotcha. Interesting. And uh, so, when you did your research on them, what you know, I've seen some of your writings and things like that. Very interesting. What happened? Like mm -hmm. uh, these connections to these people who denied the occult and these pedophile apologists what how did you get across i mean it's interesting that you use the term satanic panic because i came across that in west memphis three it was it's some kind of loaded term that's mm -hmm. like conspiracy theorists that really doesn't mm -hmm. mean what it says it's just something to to minimize people's concerns uh you know oh you're in a panic you're not rational your research doesn't have merit there's no facts or evidence in there so um, I do find it interesting that you came across these types of people, and could you talk a little bit more about them? Sure. Well, um, I mean, it's like Ross Chit. Uh, they they appear to be a team. I, I mean, they're they're loosely connected. Um, Through what? They def they appear to be in collusion. Uh -huh. These these um, I call it cornerstone and friends. Gotcha. Because that's all I knew at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, Ross Chiat has brought other players uh, to my attention. Um, Any but, names that people would recognize? Well, um, they had they had uh, Nightline uh, doing sympathetic pieces. It's probably the same bunch of people that you would recognize from the West Memphis thing. Mm -hmm. It was uh, it was. Um, well, it was it was underwager. It was uh, Christianity Today. It was Cornerstone. Uh, it was Greg and uh, Gretchen Pasatino. Can you or talk Bob about them? Who are, who are the Pasatinos? Okay, the Pasatinos were uh, Lutherans who were writers, and they're both passed away now. Mm -hmm. uh, they wrote articles about um, satanic ritual abuse being basically a hoax. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and, and Christians believe them. Um, then Debbie Nathan was a secular writer. Uh, she's still writing. Mm -hmm. um, Ross Chiat has a big problem with her. Um, she mocked uh, the McMartin case. She mocked, uh, she helped um, 
set people free. Basically, she uh, wrote a book, uh, I think it's called Satan's Silence. This was after my time of research, but where she basically dedicated the book, herself and her co-author dedicated the book to a, a list of people that they said had been falsely imprisoned or falsely accused. Mm-hmm. And um, Who was on that list? I was... Uh, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure a fellow named Fuster was on there. I, I Gerald don't Fuster? have. To, I think so. I, I'd have to get that for you, and I can give you that information well, I would later. Love to but see that if it's Gerald Suster, that would be quite a statement because I actually include Suster in my book, Children of the Beast, and do a couple of pages on him because he uh, was persecuted, but he openly stated that he was a Crowley follower and drank blood. So. If they're stating that he got persecuted unjustly, that would be remarkable. And also the the kind of notion of persecution or false persecution was a theme that uh, is is interwoven in the West Memphis Three events. You know, a lot of the public say these people are falsely accused. It's a a witch hunt is another right, uh, term exactly. that they bandy about. Oh, it's a witch hunt. Well, you might be a witch. Um, and uh, it's just interesting that they called it a witch hunt. And what does Damien Eccles do? Right after he gets out of jail, he moves to Salem, Massachusetts, the uh, you know place where the true Salem witch trials took place. So, uh, anyway, what name did you give me just a second Gerald ago? Gerald Suster. I I don't know I don't know if that's this man that I'm saying. It's F U. I believe it's Frank Fuster. F U S T R. He was accused of uh, of of pedophilia, and. Uh, I have to I have to uh, refer people to uh, Professor Chiat's book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is so shocking. I thought I knew a lot about this, and he he has just he has just uh, turned my head around completely. I cannot believe the audacity of these people like Debbie Nathan and Dorothy Rabinowitz and um, Cornerstone and Friends and uh, all their media buddies. I cannot believe. How audacious! How uh, their audacity mm-hmm. in the, the lying and the misrepresenting. You have to have your readers and your uh, your following look at this man's book. Yeah, I'll have to take a look. I, I know it's had some really positive response. I just haven't been had the time to read it, unfortunately. But yeah, I think Fuster was this guy who was supposedly involved in pedophilia and all kinds of nasty stuff in Florida. And that was supposedly one right, of the... Right, Dade County, right. Yeah. You know, um, he was up to no good. And, you know, I think people were trying to say that it was a witch hunt or it was unnecessary. But a lot of people gave testimony that he was up to no good. So, Well, what Chiat proves, though, is that, you know, he's he's very, very cautious. He bends over backwards to be... Because that's how you have to be when you deal with Cornerstone and friends. So, of course, Cornerstone, thank God, is gone. But uh, these these other apologists for for evil, I call them. Um, but uh, it's it's just incredible um, what he's come up with in this book. This. Do you remember what other cases he covers other than Fuster? He covers uh, the McMartin in depth, uh, Dade County, uh, the Country Walk, uh, the. Um, the Kelly Michaels case in New Jersey. Um, What's the Kelly Michaels case? Can you talk about that? That was a case uh, that the Village Voice. Uh, this woman was 
I'm, I'm not. I don't have all the facts handy. She was. I believe she was found guilty, and then because uh, of sympathetic people, the the uh, the verdict was overruled or thrown over, um, and she's free. Um, and no one wants to see any innocent person go to jail. Right. That's not the point. But what Professor Chiat shows is how many of these people that have been accused and uh, how many of these cases are really quite frightening. The the uh, medical evidence that has been so, treated so dismissively by the apologists for this stuff. Right. And, uh, you know, as far as Cheat's work is concerned, I mean, have you, uh, you know, have you seen any other cases that he covered? Well, people would know. He, he covers dozens of cases. He is a victim of pedophilia himself. Interesting. He admits Did that you in know the book? That? No. Yes, he does. He does mention that. And uh, I believe he had a lawsuit with Debbie Nathan. Um, Interesting. Um, the chickens are really coming home to roost. Now, he covers four things in a, in a chapter called History Ignored. He, he covers the, the so-called hysteria, right. and he proves that that was not the case. He proves that there was not hysteria, that parents were not going out of their minds. And if they had, would anyone really wonder? But, yes, there were some, some people that were very upset, but by and large he proves point by point that there was n- nothing coming close to hysteria. Then uh, he... He deals with the subject called fantastic accusations. Mm-hmm. Like if children say that um, that there was uh, blood or um, witches or um, defecation or something like that, almost out of hand, uh, out, they, these charges are rejected out of hand quite quite often, mm-hmm. simply because they're supposedly fantastic. Then there's the question of children being witnesses. Are children able to be good witnesses? And this Professor Chiat really proves that, by and large, children can be counted upon to be good witnesses. Now, right. this is something that Debbie Nathan and her crowd, they refute that. They, uh, they, and underwager, they, they say children are impressionable and that they cannot be trusted as, as uh Proper, yeah, yeah. yeah, so this basically, but you have to ask yourself if if children are if if you if you accept that then are are you not leaving them defenseless i mean but but he goes beyond that and proves that children actually are good witnesses Interesting. and then he talks about the child porn myth. this is another thing that the uh, apologists like to throw around that you know, they can't throw it around now, but they threw it around in the eighties that there was no child that there wasn't that much child porn, and there wasn't child porn being done at daycare centers. Interesting. Uh, you know, so this sort of thing. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I didn't know that they made that argument. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So we're kind of coming to, to the end. we got about another five minutes. Um, you know, is there anything else you want to cover or anything you want to talk about? Yeah, I basically... Um, I basically want someone to uh, link all these things together, uh, and I appeal to all all researchers. Uh, I, I would like to see, first of all, if you, what shocked me was that when I went online trying to find the uh, the articles 
attacking and destroying Mike Warnke, who he is still alive, yeah. and Lawrence Stratford and uh, Johanna Michelson and all these other people. Uh, Cornerstone's uh, really slide, slipping away, probably because they're guilty of sin. Uh, so there's not a big footprint on the net anymore. They used to be huge, now they're almost disappearing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it could be because of charges pending against them, but this whole thing has to be dovetailed. All this information has to be warehoused together so that we can find out, is there a conspiracy going on here? Are these people colluding? Are they working together? And why? And all of this is so behind the fact. I mean, it's great that Professor Chiat did this, and he proved... He proved that there that these these people were a lot of them were guilty and a lot of them deserved to be in jail, frankly. Right. And that's his opinion and it's my opinion. But the question is now we've had Jimmy Savile in England. Right. Which I know you're aware of. Very, very now much. we've had now we've had Sandusky in a Penn State right. yep. and the Catholic Church. This is all since then. So right. the question is what's going on now? Right. What children what are what are being done to children now? And you know we're we're all twenty twenty years behind what's going on. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think it's it's a scary question. I mean, if all that's going on, if you look at the uh, Savile case, it wasn't mm-hmm. just him. It was almost a significant, if not larger than fifty percent proportion of the uh, cultural elite or political elite were involved in all that stuff. You know, right? Ugly. It was prime it ministers, prime, prime ministers, ministers all kinds right. of. Westminster, members of parliament and they're covering up for each other and that one lady got shot in front of her house she was investigating right jill jill dando Dando, yeah yeah. i mean Mm -hmm. just a pro job like a professional hit um not something somebody came Mm -hmm. up probably a two or three man team so that's ugly you know and i think that that's what they were trying to cover up is it went even uglier what came out about savile i bet it's worse i know some people have made the allegation that he knew serial killers you know the uh well, he did know them. It's yeah. a, he knew he's them actually right suspected of of, uh, of possibly being in on the Yorkshire, Yorkshire Ripper, uh, whatever um, Yorkshire Ripper, Ripper right. yeah. case. One more thing I want to uh, bring to your attention is the English writer Jason Horsley. Mm-hmm. Um, he is doing very excellent work exposing, uh, tying all these things in together with Common Core, uh-huh. because w- really we're we're we're, we may be doing too little too late. Interesting. And what, tell me more about Horsley. What, uh, he, Common Core is part of what? Well, Common Core is our education system. And we're all up in arms, and we should be, about children being abducted, uh, tortured, raped, killed, mm-hmm. possibly uh, in England, possibly uh, allegedly by uh, cabinet members. Uh, okay, but what is being done every day in American schools, and the Common Core is not just going to be for America, it's going to be for the world. Right. What is going on in the school systems? Are The, the children are being brainwashed. The Common Core is, is reducing everyone to uh, complicity to serfdom. This is, and then we'll be, we will have no defense whatsoever against anything and everything they want to do to us. Excellent point. That's a good way to end it. So, Camille Blinstra, where can people find you? Uh, give us your contact information if anybody wants to reach out or ask you any questions. I have a, uh, I have, uh, a YouTube channel called Camille Davis Russo, and I publish a lot of stuff publicly on uh, Facebook, Camille Blinstra. 
Okay, and it's B-L-I-N-S-T-R-U-B, correct? That's right. Awesome. Camille Blinstrup, thank you very much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Okay.